0: I study people. That's what I do for a living. So, someone's doing really good. I'm like asking questions. How did you go through losing money to making money? At what point? Like everything, because I want to know how their journey is different than mine, so I can replicate it for other people. And so far, like I've realized, it's not really about knowledge or anything. It's about mindset. Like when they do something, do they really believe in it? Do they stick to it? Or like if something changes, do they change their decision? Like
1: good everyone welcome back to the roommates podcast Chris the star of the show and I am joined by somebody that is very knowledgeable in their field I am very excited about this episode this guy has blessed me with his time with his wisdom and with his education so without further ado I want to welcome him into the roommates family Mr. Mo how you doing my
0: guy good brother how you doing
1: I'm doing good, man. So for those uh, who don't know you, uh, can you just give a little 30-second me about yourself, you know, what you do, all that jazz?
0: Yeah, for sure. So my name is Mo, uh, and I, unlike many other uh, trading professionals, I actually started trading options roughly three years ago. And before that, I actually worked for a corporate, and mm. I was uh, an HR manager. So my background is human psychology, which helped me a lot with trading. Uh, Around COVID, um, I lost my business because of all the traveling restrictions that happened. Um, So Mm. I got into options and I was really into stocks, but I wasn't doing it full time. Um, But because of COVID, I had the time. So I got into options. And uh, let me tell you, I lost a lot of money before I actually became successful. And uh, it it was a hard journey mentally. And that's why I'm very big on trading psychology over everything else uh, that most people talk about uh but yeah um that's that's what i do
1: with the uh with the like the social media era and podcast or youtube there's so many different options that people can choose from to select you know passive income or to get into other ways to really make some additional money like real estate you know investing flipping homes you know all those things screen trading you know forex What made you choose options trading out of all of those things?
0: You know, that's a very interesting question. And um, back when COVID started, kind of lost uh, my business. Then I was having issues with cash flow. And the only thing that came to my mind was I want to do something where I'm not working nine to five um, Mm. and I'm able to control it, but I don't want to spend too much capital on it. And so I looked at a bunch of options. When it came to real estate, you needed upfront payment. And I didn't have it at that point, because uh, a lot of my money was stuck in my business. So uh, an ad popped up where I saw someone put in $500 on Starbucks options. And they, in the day, they made $5,000. And this is <clears throat> March when uh, the crash was happening. So they basically bought puts, which is them betting downside, and the market was just dropping. So they uh, had a very small time period. So basically, they bet that the stock will go down in the next three days. And because they were right, they were rewarded huge. So they made uh, 10x on their investment. And that's what Mm. got me into it. My background was stocks. So I'm I'm from Canada, Vancouver. And six, seven years ago, uh, Canada legalized weed. That's when I got into stocks. And
1: Mm.
0: so I had a good fundamental and technical knowledge on how the stocks work. I just had to add a different layer. And I could um, start very fast in terms of making money.
1: So why will, like, the everyday, like, just say, person that's trying to get into something um, like investing, you know, what, like, what made you choose options instead of just going to your background with stocks because, like usually people just go with what they know, you know, and people always hear, you know, you know, pick this stop, you know, and and invest and hold versus with options. It's kind of like, we hear a lot of it's risk involved, people losing all kinds of money, you know, so like, why not go with what you know, instead of, you know, choosing options.
0: So you bring a very interesting point. One of the things I want to tell you, I started options for the wrong reasons. And the reason was I wanted to make money fast with less capital. And that was the thought process. And that was the wrong way of doing things because when you're trying to make something fast, you end up losing it all. And that's Mm. sort of what happened with me. And now that I do mentorship for other people, I see a lot of people that come the same route that I took. You get in because you see people posting these big percent gains. And that's usually a good way to mess up your mental, um, because what happens is you're coming in not trying to learn the process you're coming in just trying to make money and you know this you're an entrepreneur anytime you focus on the process over money you short term and long term you lose maybe you will get lucky once or twice and make big money but eventually your mental gets impacted and so does capital so my reasons were wrong, but the fact that, you know, my psychology has been always strong because that's kind of what I studied. Um, the first thing I did was I tried studying myself. A lot of people try studying the market. That's not the right way of doing things. The market has a lot of factors that cannot be controlled. Whereas us, once we figure out what our triggers are and what makes us do certain things, you can control that. And that's all you need to control.
1: You brought up a very a good point that I didn't think you was going to bring up. You say you you learned yourself to control yourself versus like the market because you know you can't control that. What some of the things that you recognized that you had to learn in order to be successful at options trading? But
0: not only that, but just in life and if they are linked in any kind of way. So because my background was human resources, one of the things we used to do was anytime we talked to an employee or we looked at a system, we looked at two things. We looked at if it's a scale issue or a will issue. So when I started seeing my losses, I would ask myself, is it a skill issue? Is it something that I don't know? Is that why I'm making the mistake or is a will issue, meaning my mindset? So if I'm down on an investment, how am I reacting to it? Am I averaging down on a losing investment or holding it, hoping that we'll go back up? Or am I following a system because most businesses run on system? And most mm. people don't have a system. But the moment you get into trading, it's like you're owning a business without a system because people are doing 10 different strategies without being consistent on any and without back testing anything. So for me, the biggest thing in trading was journaling everything because there's so much happening. And when I say journal, I don't mean how much money I'm making or losing mostly How do I feel when I'm losing? How do I feel when I'm winning? And write that emotion and then self-reflect on what's going on. I had to fix myself mentally first, which was my bill issue, before I got to the skill part. I see a lot of people today trying to buy new courses, um, new technical indicators, but the problem is within. So that needs to be fixed first. Well, that's kind of how I figured out what I need to do.
1: Can you give some um, just some examples of what the problem within you know either from yourself or the people that you mentor that is affecting the outcome of what they want when they're doing options trading?
0: For sure. So just to give you a background, in about a month, I spent about thirty to thirty-five hours on -on one-on-ones. So I have a very good idea of the key problems most people have. The first problem most people have is they don't like losing. And they don't like being wrong. And that's the first step in winning in life, trading or any kind of business. Most of your biggest breakthroughs happen when you lose something, right? No one has ever learned anything by winning. So the biggest common problem is if someone loses money, they see that as a failure. You shouldn't. What you need to see is did you execute your plan? Loss can also be an outcome. It's sort of like when you open a business there's cost of doing business. Getting stopped out is cost of business. Most people don't react positively to it. So let's say you got into a trade and the trade, if it works, it'll give you five points. If you lose, it'll take one point. When your one point gets triggered, meaning let's say you're down 20%, most people think they failed. No, they didn't fail. They followed a system and the system said that the probability didn't work out. So it kicked them out. So what most people do then is, okay. the system didn't work. Let me try something else and then let me try something else. So part two of that is they become inconsistent just because the system didn't work. The system takes times of how many times you have to do it. So you need to try 10, 15, 20 times before you tweak it. A lot of people get stopped out, either get emotional. So what they'll do is start averaging down because they don't like losing. And I see a lot of people applying sports terminology to trading, which is Not the smartest thing to do. Um, Like I've had a lot of basketball players or a lot of soccer players join um, trading and they're like "Mo, in sports, we're told not to ever give up or lose. And sometimes they relate that as just averaging down or just holding the position till it goes to zero. Um, So accepting that loss will be an outcome and can be an outcome changes the game. So for me, one thing that I do and I teach is if you're getting into a trade, don't ask yourself how much you will make, ask yourself how much you will lose if the trade doesn't work, because then you've already covered the negative size. So when it does happen, it's an expected outcome. So, so for me, I tell traders to focus on what you can control. What you can control is your stop loss. You can control your position size and you can control where you will take profits. What you can't control is how far the stock will go or how low the stock will go. So that's something that we can't control. So everything within that, we control 100%.
2: Yo, what's good, everybody? We're gonna take a quick pause from this week's amazing episode to talk to you guys about our amazing sponsors over at Skillshare. Guys, Skillshare is a real A1, day one from the roommates, and we absolutely love Skillshare because they are a unique online learning community where men and women can learn all types of creative and entrepreneurial skills. Man, so many men for the past years and the roommates have been learning, have been blossoming, have been transforming from Skillshare because not only do you get the first month free to test it out, but Skillshare has such a vast library of courses, of resources that you guys can be able to tap into today. Go to Skillshare.com slash roommates and take advantage of this opportunity. Guys, on the podcast, we meet so many amazing men and women who are so talented, but they didn't get their skills overnight. They had to master these things and Skillshare gives gives you all the resources that you can be able to master your best self and tap into your full potential. So, do not delay, get on Skillshare today. Go to Skillshare.com slash roommates, trust me, you'll thank us later. And let's get back to this week's episode. So,
1: I, like, I I definitely understand what you're saying as far as like, you know, people don't know when or how to kind of cut their losses. I know you've mentioned the stop loss. So, like with the system that people should develop can you speak more into the system of how it is you know helping you make profit but also protecting you when things don't go the way we think it's going to go
0: for sure so the way i look at things we talk about what we can control my biggest thing is risk management is the only thing we can control so my biggest thing in the system is my position size is um determined my entry is fixed so i write down exactly, precisely where I will get in and that's based on technical indicator. And Mm -hmm. I write down if the things don't work out, where would I get out? And then the last thing is profit taking. And I never take profit in full. So let's say um, you got into Apple when it was 100. Uh, The way I would do is my next level is 110, the level after is 115, so I start scaling out. What most people I see do is they hold the entire bag and what they're doing is they wanna sell it at the top but you don't know what the top is, and no one does, right? People say they have support and resistance drawn. The thing and the matter of the fact is one news can come in this environment and the stock could just go down and it might not touch your support and resistance. The second big thing that I don't do is I don't set levels, be it stop loss or profit based on percentages, because what happens is let's say you go, hey, I'm going to take profits at 20%. The problem is the market can turn at 19 percent, meaning you will not be held um, responsible at 20 percent. You can lose all your profits. So my profits are based on levels where have we've identified Sellers and buyers to be present and that also sometimes is not 100% So my other theme that I go by is never let a green trade go red for that You can put trail stops meaning what happens with that is as soon as you start going down at a certain percent The trade will kick you out. So you never end red These are the things that are within our control and that's the only thing we need to focus on my biggest Challenge has been uh, with my traders and the mentees that I teach, or that they start looking out at social media, which is something that you brought up initially too. That you know, there's so many ways of making money, however, most people get into options because of those big gain percentages they see. And in my opinion, that's them setting for failure even before they start because, in their mindset, they're thinking that the minimum they're gonna make is 500 or 1,000%. But the fact of the matter is, if you talk to an investor or a fund, and if they give you a 20 to 30% return for a year, they'll probably be the top fund. But most people today aren't happy with a sixty percent uh, scalp or a day trade. They want five hundred or a thousand percent because someone on social media posted. Then that's possible.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely recognize that um, as well, and I think that's one of the reasons why I asked that question. And can you go into more of just? what makes you want to enter uh, the correct trade like what are some of the technical indicators with some of the um, news information or like what are those things that make like, okay this option trade looks um, like it could you know benefit me in profits um, and this is why i'm doing it
0: so chris i think that's an excellent question and i know a lot of traders that get started they have a similar question in the past, I had multiple ways on how I would put a trade as a good or bad trade. But in the last two years, I've basically broken it down into four things. I call it an A-plus trade. And the first thing I look for is flow. Flow meaning any unusual buying or selling value volume on that ticker. So if I see veils, meaning funds or institution buying or selling big quantities that are unusual, that's one of the things I look
1: what we' can you can you determine what's unusual
0: like what like, so, and yeah go ahead so for instance let, let's say apple I'm just giving you an example let's say total apple trading volume is let's say uh, forty million for the day, but all mm-hmm. of a sudden we're seeing hundred million, and we' seeing calls, meaning people are betting for upside for like eight million nine million for a short time frame. so let's say two months out people are buying calls for 10 million that's very unusual. We don't usually see that. <laughs> So that's the first one I'll look at. And I'm very big on flow because that's telling you that people are putting their money where their mouth is. There's a lot of analysts and a lot of funds that talk a lot about this stock and that. But unless we see their money being put on, we don't take action. So flow is one of the biggest one. The second technical technical indicator for that, Mm -hmm. I use supply and demand. Supply and demand basically tells us where the buyers and sellers are sitting at. These two are the biggest one. The flow needs to match up with the chart. If they don't match, I don't take an action. So these two, I would say, are the most important one. The third one that I look for is liquidity. What that means is when you buy a stock, let's say you buy a stock of Apple. You'll never be in a situation where you don't have a buyer in case you want to sell. There's liquidity in the market. Apple is a great stock. Someone would want to buy the stock regardless of what the market is doing. We could have COVID again. The price might be lower, but someone will always pick up the stock for you. Now in options, if you go find tickers or stocks that are very uh, low in liquidity, like you could pick Nikola, for example, or you could pick uh, Mealy where the stocks aren't as traded for options, you can get stuck. Like in 2020, there were a couple of tickers that I would get in because Everyone was getting in was meme stock. So I would get the FOMO and I'd get in and then I'm up 500%. Now I'm trying to get out, but there's no yeah. sellers, there's no buyers. So I'm just stuck in the trade and the trade ends up being mm. zero because you can't really do anything. The option will expire worthless. So the biggest thing is third liquidity is huge. I only trade high liquid names. So if, um, you're wondering how do you check liquidity on options i'm looking at oi and volume being traded it needs to be minimum thousand plus for me to trade that the last thing i look for which is also very important is risk to reward i'll give you an example let's say apple is at 140 and you say no there's flow on it the technical Mm -hmm. indicator showing is going to go up the last question that i'd ask you is how up is your level showing you if you say my level showing it can go up another dollar and the downside is also a dollar meaning if if it doesn't go up it can go down in 139 support what I would say is it's not worth it because you're risking 100% to make 100% in order for us to be successful in option our risk to reward should be one to three. So every one dollar I put in option I need to foresee at least three dollars or 300% of gain. Now, that is our estimate. We're not saying that every single play we enter will give us 300%. But if you're going and risking money and options for 20 or 30% and things don't go uh, as planned, let's say you take five trades and your losses become bigger than your profits, it will drain you out of mental capital. We only mm. go for a high trade high we only go for high risk reward trades so we want to make sure if we get stopped out 20 to 30 percent but if it works you're making at least 100 to 300 percent that's sort of the mindset you want to have and that protects you from over trading
1: out of those four areas when we're talking about flow liquidity technical indicator risk versus reward where do people make the mistake the most
0: Um, Most people will follow the flow blindly. This is probably a very key question, and I'll break that down what I mean A lot of people will see call sweeps or put sweeps on different um, Softwares that they pay for or the free ones on Twitter. The problem is 43% of all flows come through dark pool and This is on SEC's website, which means that you might be only looking at one leg of what's happening So a fund could be buying Um, calls on your software where you can see, but they could be buying puts off of dark pool. And there's a video of Jim Cramer actually talking about this. He talks Mm. about how they used to manipulate the market by throwing in one side of the trade, but there's a bigger side of the trade that's coming from the dark pool. And that's how they would get the retail traders and they would use them as exit liquidity. So that's one of the biggest pitfalls I see traders do. The charts and the flow have to match. And the reason why that helps you is because if the chart looks good, if the flow doesn't work out, you can exit with a very small loss because you're taking it at a prime place. And what do you mean by the dark pool? What What is that area
1: that people um, purchase or those fund managers purchase?
0: So dark pool are, are trades that are legally approved. Um, you cannot tell um, when they're bought. That you can only tell that there's a trade. You can't tell if they're bought or sold. You can't see that information until the next day.
1: Wow. So people yeah. people look at the flow chart and then look at that. And, uh, yeah. and But sometimes people can use it as a strategy to make it. Okay. I see what's going on here. <laughs> people, yeah. man, it's tough out there. So how, how can people... So what technical indicators will match up with the flow that we most need to pay attention to?
0: So, so the first thing you want to look at is when the flow comes, you want to look if the IV is going up or not. So a simple way is by looking at the premium. If you see, let's say the call flow coming. In. So for instance, let's say Apple's at 140 and you see big Apple 145 calls come in. Okay, now you need to check if the premium is going up or down with that much flow coming in. That means there's more demand for calls, meaning the market maker will price them higher. If the price starts going down after the flow, that could mean that they're being sold. That's one. These are basic things that most new traders don't understand. Second is you want to see the price of the premium. So if the 145 are coming at ask or at bid, if they're coming at bid, I know it's getting a little bit complicated, but if they're coming (laughs) at bid, it means that they're being sold. If you sell calls, that's bearish. That means they're betting that the stock will go down. But overall, the technical indicator that I use is very simple is supply and demand. You're basically looking at historical data where there's points where they sell. So, for instance, I'll give you an example. When I was a new trader, what happened is I would see flow then I would see that oh, it broke a key level. I would get in and we would call it a breakout trade. I'd get in. And what happened is the stock would go a little bit higher and then it just tank and I didn't understand why that was happening. Why it was happening was because we're all watching the same levels. And a lot of time these breakouts are called fake out trades because what happens is they get you in that liquidity trap and then that's where they exit. But if you follow demand and supply, what you'll see is after that key level, above that, there's a supply zone and that's where all the sell orders are. And that's sort of what I teach. The whole thing is called demand and supply. It basically applies to the entire world economy. Everything goes on supply and demand. So when I teach it, everyone gets it because everything works on demand and supply. It's a free market. So that's sort of how you figure it out.
1: Got you. So like with the with the supply and demand, how does that correlate directly through the philosophy of the individual um, at the same time?
0: So most, most people are visual learners. Most traders, however, are taught to buy and sell based on single levels. So if you ever think like support and resistance, it's a single level. It's like 140.21. But the truth of the matter is, I'm not talking support and resistance down, but the truth of the matter is, if you bring 10 traders in this room and say, hey, can everyone draw um, support on Apple on a one hour chart? I can bet you all of us will draw different supports. All of us. And because of that, it makes it subjective. That's point one. Second is how many times I myself have been triggered out because a support breaks. I get kicked out and then it goes right back up and I'm like, oh, man, I got kicked out and mentally it would drain me because I'm like, I followed a plan. Supply and demand, they are zones. So you have more leeway, right? you have more leave it because you're not relying on one single dot. You have a dollar or $2 to play with. So you're relaxed. And so what you try doing is you try buy- buying it on the bottom of the uh, zone. And I would say 95% of the time it will bounce off. Or if it does break, you're done. That means the stock's going down and I'm okay exiting it. So that's sort gotcha. of why it makes sense for me. And in terms of psychology, you just it's just easier on your... Uh, Mind to just look as zones and the way I do it, I cover the buy areas green, and I cover the sell areas red. So it's just easy, visible on the chart, and you can execute much faster.
1: So for those who are, and and you know, I, I believe that most of my audience are you know very beginners, small times that they are traders. You know, they're not, uh, you know, most of them are not year two years traders. You know, they're probably listening yep. and just kind of just learn. So as far as just the, the philosophy of it, you know, where do they start there? And then how can they transition into making, you know, getting the research and development, making the plan to like get into their first trade? Can you kind of go over that whole like little beginner process?
0: For sure. So I'll start with a little disclaimer. So when I had uh, basically got into the admin and the discord where I, Started helping other discords and finally started with my own. In 2020, I saw a lot of ten-year trader come in in my discord and other discords. When it got to 21N, I saw people that have never traded in life. They've never traded stocks, uh, moms, uh, dads, parents, older people above 60 trying to get into options. And I was a bit hesitant at first teaching them, but it's been almost two years now, and I can tell you. That people that started around 21, in my opinion, have done better than people that started in the 2020 prime because they didn't have to unlearn all the bad habits. So mm. someone who doesn't know anything about stocks or option, in my opinion, does better in this market than someone who came from 2020 where everything was going a thousand percent. They don't have to unlearn all the bad habits that we had, which was just buy and hold and it'll all work out. Um, so... If they are starting now, the best thing to do is sort of work on the risk management part where you come in and you look at at this trading thing as your own business and you say, this is the capital I'm bringing and this is how I'm going to break it down into different trades. Most people, including myself, we all start with anywhere from $500 to $1,000, even if you have $100,000. I I just had someone join in last week. They have 200 K and they're like, what should I start with? I'm like, max a thousand. If you know what you're doing in options, you can take a thousand, two hundred thousand in a year in a month, depending on your skill level. I'm not saying that's always easy. It all depends on your skill level. But if you don't know what you're doing in options, you can take 50 K into zero very fast because you don't know how these amount play with how, how these amount play with your mind, because. A lot of people don't understand when that 5,000 loss shows up and you're still in the trade, if you can't digest that amount, you're going to do something emotional. So that's why I tell people have a plan. It doesn't matter how much you have. It matters how much can you digest in terms of losses. So if I have a hundred thousand dollar account, but I can't lose more than a thousand dollars, should I really be playing with a hundred thousand? I think I should only be playing with a thousand. Learn the process make money consistently, then scale up once I have my own system and I trust it. So for all the beginners, don't worry and don't take the burden that you don't know anything. You actually have an edge on other people because you're coming with a clear mind, you're not into that fight where I'm bullish, I'm bearish, recession is over, no recessions coming. Everyone right now is trying to hit a jackpot. You've got Michael Burry saying that short everything. You've got Jim Cramer telling you buy everything. So a lot of traders have picked sides and it's impacting their trading. So beginners, $500 to $1,000. Give yourself a month on learning and you can start. I would tell people, learn the mental, mental part first Read the book called Trading in the Zone. It's free on YouTube. It's spend eight hour understanding the psychology, then spend about a week or two paper trading so you can learn the broker. You will not learn risk management or trading psychology by paper trading, but you will learn the broker. And that's important because sometimes if you don't understand the broker and you have to make quick trades, you need to familiarize yourself with the system. And then the last thing is Just make sure that you're not playing short term calls. Yes, you can make a thousand percent playing zero days, but it's not consistent and most people can't handle the volatility. So for me, if you have, uh, let's say, five hundred dollars and you're like, I'm going to buy two contracts for this week. I would say buy one contract for next week. So double the time. Reduce the size by 50%, you'll come up with the same amount for your overall trade, but you're going to be a lot more relaxed because you have time.
1: Got you. So, was, that's was what I was going to ask you. Like, what time frame do. Let's just say, I'm going I'm to give you the example. Let's just take me, for example, right? I have $500 I want to start, you know, next Monday, right? What trade option um should i look for is it are we talking to like scalping you know we're talking about 45 minutes to a you know two hours trade are we thinking two weeks down and on we're thinking month what what are some ways that that beginner person should go
0: so the first thing is this is why i say you need to understand yourself first who are you as a trader Are you a scalper, you'll realize that very fast, even when you start paper trading, you're going to get that feeling, okay, I enjoy this, oh no, this scares me, and that two weeks, it'll tell you what kind of trader you are, but starting, I would say, if let's say, even if you want to day trade, the difference between day trade and scalp is this, scalping is anywhere from 5 to 15 minutes, you're in and out, sometimes it's less than a minute, day trading, 4 hours to 8 hours, and swing trading, everyone knows, you're swinging for a week or a month, what i would recommend let's say you pick the day trading you're like i don't feel comfortable in this market a lot of people are saying the market's going to go up some are saying down i'm just going to play level to level what i would say is if you're day trading let's say you're day trading monday you can use that week for the contract you're trading tuesday you can use the week the moment wednesday hits the theta theta is Um, the loss of premium because of theta decay of time. So moment Wednesday kick in, I would add an extra week to the contract and still day trade, but that reduces my volatility. So the premiums aren't moving up and down so fast. And a lot of people get like, They'll make money, but they're just getting panicked and they're getting anxiety. We don't want that to happen. We want them to be consistently making money. We don't want them leaving the trade with anxiety, depression, or just having trauma that they're taking on with their job or family. So that's sort of what I would recommend.
1: Okay, okay. And then as they they build, I think, you know, for those, I just want to make sure people are understanding. When we're talking about one contract, what exactly do we mean by that?
0: Um, So each contract is tied to 100 shares, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're not, a lot of people think options was made for trading. Options was actually made as a hedging instrument. People yes, it, yeah. yeah, buying it as insurance, but us uh, option traders, we trade it. So we're not really... Um, buying options to exercise to buy shares but each contract is tied into 100 stocks that's how it works um, so what we're looking at is if you're a new uh, new trader we're looking at how much money you have is irrelevant to your trading tolerance or your risk tolerance that's sort of what I keep going back to because I see a lot of people I have five thousand should I try it with that no everyone should look at five hundred to a thousand max but to answer your question Options are derivatives of stock and they're the underlying assets and options move with the move of stocks, but there's multiple situations when options and stocks go completely different route because there's other forces a little bit more complicated, which is why you need to understand the foundation of options before getting in.
1: Facts. so, like, when people say I got two or three contracts and I sell one or two of those contracts, but I still got one contract in, that means they're still talking about the leverage that they still have, you know, with those hundred shares. Um, yeah. Okay, correct. So, like, with the uh, with the contract, let's just say for that example that we take a trade in on Monday, and then we are it's Wednesday and we still got that contract. Um, and that contract could have went up or down. Now, when obviously you will have a stop loss of like, okay, when this amount of money that we can make, you know, we'll stop loss there, so we'll you know hedge against our losses. But when should we sell it? And exactly, um, yeah, when 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 does the sale make sense? Even though we're trying to wait, you know, for. A week like just say if it's monday it goes up 20 percent on wednesday why will I wait until next monday to sell it if that makes sense
0: yeah so let's let's go for example let's say you bought an apple contract for one dollars and because each contract has 100 it ends up costing you 100 so let's yes. say you're buying monday you're up um uh 50 so 150 dollars. and let's say you have one contract What you do at that point is you look at that option Greeks. What that means is what is that option contract made of? There's different functions to each Greek, but we'll quickly go over theta because we're talking about decay of time, which is the biggest factor. Like when you buy stocks, there's no theta. You can hold a stock for 10 years. Theta, there's no external factor eating up the premium because of time. But when it comes to options, there's an external factor called theta, which is eating up the contract. So let's say if you open that chain that you got, let's say you got the 145 Apple and the theta on that is 30. What that means is for the rest of the five days, every single day that contract, okay, that contract or the price of the stock doesn't move, you will lose 30 cents off the dollar on that, right? So let's Mm -hmm. say you're up 50% and next day, Apple opens the same price as it closed you're going to be down 30 cents on the premium. So instead of 150, the premium will be 120, which is why what you want to do is take profits. Right. And this data gets bigger as we get closer to expiry. So Monday, Tuesday, it's small on Wednesday it will get a lot bigger. So if you are day trading, you're fine with using the whole week. But what I'm saying is if you want if so now it's Wednesday and you're entering the day brand new. What I would do is instead of getting a week contract, if you're a new trader, I would add an extra week. Just in case you love the trade even more, you're like, actually, I'm going to swing it because I think a news came in and I can make more money. That way, when you're swinging it, you don't have to worry about theta because you have an extra five days now.
1: Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because you got time working with you now versus against you. Yeah. Okay, okay. And so... Like with the uh, with the people that's in your program that you're mentoring, you know, like what area that you feel like is the area that is harder for them to understand and for them to, you know, be consistent in that when trading?
0: So initially, um, when the market was very frothy, very easy, what I saw the problem was people would take 500 to 15K, 20K, 30K. And when the market would get a little bit harder, like some months would be harder than the others, they would give it all back. Like, I mean, they took an account from five to 25K and then maybe in two weeks gave it all back. And when I started digging in, well, what's actually mm. happening? And this is on the previous discourse I was an admin to. I'm like, what's going on? What I saw that a lot of people don't manage their risk what they're doing is they're telling themselves they took 500 to 25k now they're going to take 25 to 250k so they're taking rolling the entire amount instead of taking profits so that was the biggest problem it was greed in 2020 the biggest problem was greed now it's fear it comes down to the same thing though that my theory is I'll give you an easy example you put in $100 into a trade and let's say you have multiple contracts you're up 100% my thing is sell half I don't care where you think the stock can go or the option can go. You need to take first your money out. That's step one Two, start taking profit and let runners take the risk. Runners are contracts that are remaining. You cannot take a risk with your entire amount. That's what most people were doing. They were literally over leveraging and what they didn't understand. Sometime is position sizing has nothing to do with how much money you have. It has to do with how much money you can take in terms of losses. So if you're trading with $500 and you're down 10%, that's $50. Now, if you're trading with 50,000, the 10% of that is 5,000. Most people cannot digest a $5,000 loss, even though they took their account from 500 to 50k. Most don't get that. So what they would do is they'd get stopped out because 5k is a lot, but 10% isn't much in options. And then they only have to be stopped out seven or eight times before they blow up their entire account. So the biggest problem has always been, and this is the stuff that me and you've talked offline too. It's Mm -hmm. not so much about the skill that I don't understand how to draw the chart or look for stocks. The biggest problem remain, people have trauma with money. People often self-sabotage themselves because they don't think they deserve. Uh, Honestly, they think it's like, it's not something that they deserve because all their life could be parenting, could be school, could be society, telling them that you don't deserve the best. And I've seen people, literally, they take an account to a certain amount, it could be the 10k range, and at that amount, they would blow up, precisely around that amount. I had a guy who did that two or three times, and the problem wasn't the technical indicator, it was, he was risking too heavy, and he became reckless at that level, and you know, Honestly, he started seeing a therapist because there were other problems that were kind of pushed away when he started making money. Because you know what money does. Money just enlarges the problem that you have. It, they don't go away. You just exaggerate them. If you're a happy guy, you just be more happier. If you're angry, you'll get angrier. So it's sort of like the recklessness became even more dangerous. So he had to figure out some other stuff in life before he got back in trading again
1: yeah and you know and like you know i have a, a very you know inherent responsibility you know to my audience and to myself to my friends and you know and i understand just the, the level of just risk of what you know what we're talking about and yeah. how and can, if you can go down into more about just the linkage of you know either childhood trauma or you know worldly just kind of things happening in our life and how that can affect us in the trade. Because I, 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 I get you. I I feel like there's people I know that are desiring to get into trading that want to do it. that want to learn that want to learn the skill. But at the same time, it's like, I know it it could, it could be a blessing or it could be another added monster into your life where it's like, you know, so it's kind of like, you know, in, If i wanted to protect like just say my son you know if you had it you know and like what will you tell them or what would you have them do first before you know they get into trading or in life wise so they can make sure they won't you know feed the monster basically
0: so bro i've done this long enough to know that i have that responsibility too now where if i see certain red flags so if someone wants to join my mentorship I do a 30-minute eval, right? I'm not a therapist, so I'm not going to ask them any personal questions. But my only question is, what's your why? Why do you want to do this? Why do you want to pay me? Why do you want to join? Something you asked me. Why not real estate? Why not Amazon? Why do you want to do options? And the answers that are big red flag, and I don't take them, and they know that, and I'm very, very polite and professional about it. Mo, I just want to copy paste what you're doing. And I like this one guys, I want to just copy paste what you're doing. I took $10,000 in loan SBA loan. This is back in 2020. I'm just gonna copy paste and I want to make hundred K. That's a big red flag. That's telling me they're not good with dealing with losses. And once I start digging, you'll find more that they lost a lot of money. They're trying to make back. Second one is Mo, I lost a lot of money in 21 or 22. And I want to make it all back. And now that alone isn't a red flag, but I'll dig. How did you lose? What did you do? So that's telling me how are they reacting to those losses, right? So if you're like, I was down, so I started buying more. And then and then you're like, okay, so whose fault do you think it was? Most people will always blame a discord, a mentor, a leader. At the end of the day, it's always your fault. Always. Yeah. That person could be a crook and you could say that, you know, they taught me the wrong way at the end of the day. But when I started seeing the losses, I should have kind of changed my style, or put an end to it. So those are things I always ask for why the people that I think that do really well. Mo, I want to learn and come up with an income. Stream. You can figure out who's trying to run after the money and who's trying to run after the process. Those that run out of the process, they're the ones that will do good long term because they don't really care about the money. They don't care if they made 50 or 500. They're like, did I follow my execution plan? And the others that are like, okay, pat on the back because I made 500 pat on the back. If I made a thousand but get mad at themselves, they lost 500. If you lost $500 trading, but you actually followed your system pat on the back. It's harder to take an L. Following the plan, then taking a W, not following the plan. So that's what it comes down to. If someone, people know, like if you've got that gambling itch, which is what a lot of people in 2020 had. And I saw Mm. so many because the casinos and everything was closed because of uh, COVID. A lot of people were like, Mo, give me a lotto. They'd be playing earnings. I have 5k, I'm going to throw it. It's going to go up. And then they're just like emotional. Real trading is boring. You're just mellowed. You're just following the plan. You're not watching the charts for six hours hoping for it to go up. You get in when the alert goes out. You get out when the alert goes out. Simple. You're just following a plan. Everything is planned. You just come in and execute. Most of the work that I do is done on Sunday. It's not done on Monday to Friday. Monday Friday is chill day. You're just executing the plan that you came and made on Sunday. But that's an excellent question and good on you Chris for actually like asking these deep questions because most people talk about the money. Tell us how much money you've made. Tell us how much you can make. You're asking very good questions, and I think your audience will enjoy that. There's two parts to it. There is, you know, less capital, make a lot of money, but there is a responsibility part where if you feel like you're not responsible with large sums of money, and when you're trading, it's just clicks a button. It doesn't feel like real money, if you ask me. It, you don't feel anything. You're like down 500 to to 1000 It's not someone taking cash out of you. It's so it's it's a good thing that we're talking about
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, I I, I have a, a degree in finance. You know, with the track and financial planning. So it's like I understand that we're talking about some very high level risk stuff. And, you know, I want to make sure my audience understand that and know that not just, you know, get into something just because it's a cool fad or uh, facade. You got to really, you know, enjoy and want to do it. And, yeah. um, and, and as you were talking about, I think it would, it, it would be really cool to hear, you know, your why, you know, why did you decide to do it? Why did you like, and even helpful, like, you know, we had numerous conversations of outside of this and, you know, you have extended things by, you know, blessing me and your grace. You know, so like, what is your why? What, what made you want to be who you are right now?
0: So, Chris, um, I'll tell you a quick story. I started corporate and I moved up the ladder from being a call center rep all the way to HR, all the way sales. And I was next in the line for a promotion. I was making six figures, and six figures was a lot in 2018. It doesn't mean Absolutely. a lot. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, it's, it's, it was a lot in 2018. But yeah. I think it's still a lot, bro. No, no, no. You will make it bank, brother. I ain't mad at it.
0: <laughs> so I had good benefits, amazing manager. like I had more flexibility working that job than I have now, and good people. And the problem I was having is I would wake up not wanting to go to work. It was just this knot in the stomach where I just felt like I can't work for anyone. And uh, my wife was pregnant at that time. And, you know, one day I just decided that I can't do it anymore. And I went to my boss and I said, I'm going to quit. And then I just walked away. I didn't have anything planned. Then got into a business with um, with a partner and then COVID hit. And because of that, we had to lay off people. And the rent and salaries got to a point where instead of making money, we were losing like seven to eight thousand dollars a month right so Ooh. within six months i had to like quickly make the choice that we can't really like we i'd invested a lot of money so one day i basically got into instagram and i saw this guy putting in five hundred dollars on starbucks option i didn't know anything about options like even though i trade stocks i had no clue what this thing was but i saw him make 4500 i got into it but bro i like kept taking 500 to a 10, 15K and kept blowing it, did that two or three times. And I basically had a point where it was almost like a rock bottom where I was like, I'm losing money because I'm trying to revenge trade and I'm doing it for all the wrong reasons. The way I look at it and I talk about it too, when we were in school, we were taught to focus on the knowledge and grades will follow. Then we got into corporate and they told us, don't run out after titles, just focus on your work, if you're a leader, lead without title. So everything was focused on process. Yet when it came to trading, my success and failure was dependent on the dollar amount, which really didn't make any sense, because some days I would do everything correctly, but the market would do something based on the news and I'd get kicked out, but I was following my plan. I'd get annoyed and I'd start revenge trading. So then I sat down and asked myself what my why was. My why was, not to make money, but to have freedom. I wanted to have time freedom. I wanted to have money freedom at the end of the day. If you make 5050 or 500 a month after a certain point, money doesn't matter. And I I think everyone should get to the point where money doesn't matter, but I don't want to be all philosophical about it. But that's sort of what my thought process was. I'm like, I'm thinking like, a thousand percent on a single play, rather than thinking about my execution process it's because i want to become rich tomorrow and that's because i wasn't thankful for what i had today does that make sense i wasn't yeah. grateful had today so misery attracts misery so i was looking for hitting home runs so i could solve my misery with money and it brought more misery so i basically told myself that i need to look for things that i'm grateful for today and that started reflecting on my trading but my why at the end of the day was my my kid um when i while i was doing he was turned about six seven months my goal was to spend time with him and trading would let me do that when i worked corporate if i had that i would see my kid probably like an hour further day because i'd go downtown come back 8-9 8-9 eight, eight, hour job, so 12 hours gone, plus gym, you know, 14-15 hours gone, you're literally sleeping, working, sleeping, working, and on weekends, you're running chores for the week, so um, long story, but I had to go through a lot of failure to realize that my why wasn't to make money, it was just simply spend time with the family, like that's 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 all I want, I wanted to spend time with my family, and I wanted to do whatever I want, whenever I want, and lets me do that like Chris I was just last year I was in Florida for a month and a half just vacation for a month and a half then I was Dallas for a week Mexico for two weeks I was just traveling all I need is a computer and that's what makes me happy and that's my why having a Rolex watch a Lamborghini a big house doesn't really make me happy so my why was just time freedom and the flexibility once I figured that out combined with just being grateful like um, I started a business in India. That was my business that didn't work out. I saw people making $200 a month and some of those ate one meal a day. Some of those didn't even get to have that like we're so blessed to be here. but We don't really um, appreciate that and I found myself always complaining man. I'd be working corporate complaining about how the elevator's taking too long. It was stupid like The dumbest stuff that I complain of the sky trains late and when I had that self-realization, I think everyone gets that if you let yourself fail long enough where you have that rock bottom and you're like, why am I here? Why am I doing this? And the answer is never money. It's usually like something silly like I want to make my uh, parents proud or I want to show my friends that I'm capable. It's usually that but then unless you can find happiness within because outwards you can never really make everyone happy. So the goal was I need to be happy within in the moment. And a lot of your viewers watching could be in a very bad place right now. And they could be like, it's easier for you to stay now. I promise you guys, there was a point when I had almost nothing in my bank account and my Amex about negative eight thousand dollars and I had a kid. And the moment I became grateful and the gratefulness was I have a beautiful boy who's healthy. I'm married, and we have a great family. And that's where the base started from. And then I basically I started finding more things that I was grateful for as my perspective changed. Sorry, long answer, but that's what changed.
1: No, I I think I, I appreciate you sharing the answer. I think there's a lot of people that are listening that you know, especially with you know the economy that we have. Um, and the things that's going on right now, I think there are a lot of people that are feeling like the weight of the world is against them or they feel like, you know, they missed out on opportunities or they feel like, you know, you know, they're not as skillful or valuable as, as others because they see all these other people win and other people are doing well. And, you know, but you have a very real story that people can connect to, you know, especially, you know, being in that rock rock bottom experience, you know. And I think even as experiencing that as a man, you know, I think it can really bring out that level of of gratitude um, and what makes things most important, uh, you know, the utmost importance versus, you know, the vain things that, you know, society or the world tells us what's cool or what's important. And I think it, it makes, you know, my audience really connect to you more. You know, and, and even for me, it's like, like, it's encouraging to hear, you know, someone that had responsibilities, like a, a family, like a wife has, you know, a kid, and he's in this position, but yet he fought, you know, and yet he he understood, like, okay, he took responsibility and accountability for his life. And, you know, look at you now, you know, so I think there's, there's, you know, this is one of the reasons why we started the podcast, because we wanted to show that people, if you are down, or if things are not going your way, things are not going according to plan. Um, and you feel like the way to get your world, you know, that's when really that suffering builds that endurance, that suffering builds that gratitude, builds that character, builds, you know, hope, build all those things in that, you know, in this time where things doesn't make any sense, where things uh are not clear, I and mean, we have to live and go out by faith. And, you know, that's a lot of people that's in my audience right now. And, you know, they get that encouragement and that hope from your story. And that's why I asked you that question. You know, so I appreciate you sharing that and sharing that long, that answer, because it makes you more, it makes you human. It makes people, it makes you relatable, And we appreciate the vulnerability because, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, the heart and the character is behind um, every person that we interview and we bring in front of our audience. And I already knew that, you know, before we even got on, on, the, uh, on the computer. So, uh, you know, I just appreciate you sharing that. Um, that story, bro. For real. No problem,
0: bro.
1: Yeah. So I think is uh, if there's any other, uh, you know, things that people should look out for, or anything that you know they should learn, or some first steps before we decide to wrap it up, if they really in- interested in options trading, but not only interested in options trading, I think that if if I know someone, I feel like people, I will always point people to you if they want to learn options trading from you. If there is a system or process, you know, things like that.
0: So I have a simple system and that came with a lot of hardship too. And I'll explain what I mean. And this is not um, a shot at anyone. I feel like courses, discords, they're as good as you are. What I mean by that is a lot of these courses and discord groups, they're based on subscriptions. It's sort of like the Netflix, right? I personally think and that's this is stuff that I've implemented and you can audit that and you can verify that. I have a 50 max tab on my mentorship group. Once I get 50, I don't take more people. You can go on the waitlist if you want, but I won't take more people. And the reason for that is responsibility. Anyone Mm -hmm. that's paying you for you to teach them and provide mentorship, you need to give them one on one. I've been an admin for a group that had 10,000 people. It grew to 20,000 people. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but if you are learning, and you think you can just copy paste someone else's trades, it doesn't work like that. You need to make the decision. The most successful traders that I have, I have a guy who makes 40K a month. Do you think he's copy pasting my trades? No, he learned the system from me. He's there for guidance. He presses the buy and sell button when he wants to most days. He does better than me and I'm happy for it. my entire goal around mentorship. You've learned what I've taught you. You can now leave and go teach others. I'm okay with that. My goal isn't to hide or um, you know gatekeep stuff. It's a secret. It's a proper nothing. I will teach you everything. I know after that you can leave if someone else wants to join that opens a spot for them, but that's how it is. And I think that encourages and holds me accountable that whoever's coming in, I need to do an incredible job because I have limited spots and I want to see people grow. The second thing is don't ever focus on the money part. Like that, I'll tell you from a lot of failures that I've had. I got to a point where I was so focused on the money I on my broker I put like a red tape where the profits show would show on the <laughs> monitor. <laughs> I wouldn't look. I, serious, I wouldn't look at it. And that's where I go. I would just go at the order entry tab and just look at the contracts and the premium moving. I wouldn't look at the profit loss. If you look at money, money gets sometimes rewarded for wrong behavior. What it does for you mentally, it's conditioning for you to make that behavior again. And then when you lose, you again change and then you lose and then you change and then you win. You're like, should I keep it? And then you lose. So money is not going to get you consistent. It will get you inconsistent. Focus on a system and try it for a little bit. Don't be like, take a call out for this group or someone on Twitter. Have your plot. When you're hitting that buy button option, it needs to be because you're 100% convinced, not because Mo is convinced or because Chris is telling you to get it it needs to come from you and that's how you will become an independent trader that's sort of how i do things
1: yeah that's beautiful. I, I heard you mention paper trade as well and um and i know we didn't talk about too much about platforms and trading platforms so are are you recommending you know the uh, the e trade platform or um the webull platform or whatever platform that works best for the uh investor
0: So for paper trading, if you just want to learn how the system TOS is the fastest way to get a paper like it takes literally Google TOS paper trading and you can do it. I think all the three systems are brilliant. I found that Robinhood gives you um, less premium sometimes. So even though it's free, what it'll do is let's say I'm selling an Apple contract for 150, but you're in Robinhood, you might get a 130 and I don't know where the $20 is going um, that's kind of shady for me. So I don't really like Robinhood for that reason. But everything else, VBull, TOS, all good. If you're professionally wanting to do it, I would go for TOS because it, it's got a lot of analytical tools like active traders where you can put an entry exit profit and it'll just do it for you. And then you can trade SBX and there's no restriction. And if we're talking about brokerage, I'll tell people never open a margin account. Because when you open a margin account, what happens is they will put you on that PDT three-day trade limit, and then you kind of can't do anything because a broker won't let you trade. Instead, I'd open a cash account. It will keep you patient and accountable because once you run out of money, you can't do anything.
1: So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't do any margin account at all. Please don't do it. You, you heard it here first. Um but yeah, man. Is there any anything else you want to uh, to talk about, discuss with my audience at all? Um, I know we we hit about an hour. I want to be you know respectful of your time. I'm I promise you we can do more of these conversations uh, in the future as well.
0: I'm good, bro. I think I think your questions. I, I've had multiple. I've never had questions this good. Like you're almost like you trade options, which I know you don't. You you have a little bit. <laughs> you had one of the some of the best questions I've had, which I think you said you want to make sure your um, audience feels that see the responsibility that you have, which you, we're not glamorizing options trading. We're the real truth. We're not like come join or come. No, we're not doing that. I love that. That's kind of what I'm all about too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's something like, I know we talked, I want to say in the summer uh, when we first, and when I got back to Houston it was a not going on for me. And I know one of the biggest thing I wanted to do was lose weight, so I got heavy into fitness. And uh, I don't know you could tell, I'm trying my best, brother, you know what I mean? So like, yeah, I, dude, I definitely- I,
0: You look jacked, bro, I was looking at your Insta video.
1: <laughs> but yeah, but I, I, I still am very much very interested and I know that, you know, with my kind of knowledge and then with my experience, you know, the, the future conversation we can have can even be better. Um, for my audience. So that's something that I'm, I'm personally, you know, trying to get into um, as well. So I, I feel like the questions are going to continue to come and continue to get better because, yeah, like I said, I, I understand the responsibility. You know, I, I I took the fiduciary oath before, you know, so it's, it's something where I take very seriously because we're talking about people's livelihood, people's, you know, kids and you know i i I want to make sure that people understand what they're getting into versus trying to glamorize and try to get on this hot topic wave and you know for us to make some money you know i mean you get the people in a group and then i get views it's like nah we ain't worried about all that stuff it's all about the information and what you do with the information how you handle, handle it properly
0: no man i i i'm like impressed like i don't know if you how much research you did but every single question it was like amazing, um, amazing question. I've done interviews before, but this is probably one of the best interviews of. It's all about the questions.
1: Yeah, and I appreciate it, man. I, it's it's one. It's it's something. It's the things that I want to know. I have asked these questions, you know, in my to myself in my head, and it's like, what do I want to know from you? Because yeah. I'm putting myself as somebody that's listening, you know. Um, so it's like whatever, you know, thing that pops up in my head that I know can add value and understanding to the audience. You know, I'm going to ask those questions. And, you know, I've been doing it for five years now, going on six years, maybe even seven years as podcasting. So it's like, you know, I got some, you know, I got some experience.
0: <laughs> awesome, man. No, you look, you do. I totally prefer to. I think you do really good in options. Not because of your finance background. Your mind's at a very, you're very stable. Like when you, you talk, like I ask questions, everyone, even I asked you questions. I'm like, yo, I didn't know anything about your podcast background when I spoke to you i didn't, had no clue and i think i told him like you have a very mature mind which is very important for everything you do like discipline for working out people think it's easy to build up; it's one of the fucking hardest thing if you love food like i love food so it's yeah. so hard because i don't know if you're in a relationship or your friends they are eating out and you're like no i can't go or they're eating in front of you. you're like fuck like i want to yeah. eat and your brain's like, come on, man, you only live once, eat, like, it's fine, it's only one, like, you're fighting all those urges, I think that's harder than trading, and that's why I think people, like, personal trainers, or any sports, they do really good, unless the uh, occasional ones where, like, I don't like taking uh, L's, like, I don't like that, yeah. I've had that couple of time, that, they have to fight, fight that.
1: Yeah, yeah, Now I, I think I'm a big proponent of just, like, you know, if you can focus on you know, something and build the discipline and the consistency and, you know, doing things, even though you don't feel like doing, I think you can carry those same skills to different avenues uh, as well. And I think for me, like, especially when we first started talking, I was really going back to the foundation and, you know, I felt like I had the right mindset, but I didn't have the adequate consistency yet. It's like, I want to do this but I have to consistently do it for a period of time to make sure yeah. that it becomes a lifestyle, you know, because I think it's, a, I didn't want, you know, something that would just come and go just based off a mood. It's like, now nah, you got to add it into the lifestyle. And I know that takes time. That's a reprogramming, reprogramming your mind and life as well. And, I, and that's why I appreciate you touching on the philosophy part because it is a, a reprogramming of the mind. That's super important because our mind creates these pathways you know, these you know these things that we're so used to doing and we just naturally do it over and over and over again without understanding, the, you know, the philosophy in the background and how our brains are affecting us in our everyday decision. And, you know, those things are very important, not only to life, to business, to skills, to relationships, but even to trading as well.
0: No, bro, I think you do great. Whenever you're ready, just let me know. Uh, we'll get you right back in. But I, I think you'll do really well. Like most people that have done like the guy who made like kid you not, this guy made who he was making two thousand a month in November he messaged me, he's like, Mo I had a hundred K month. So Damn and ever once he had a hundred K month, I think he doesn't the lowest month he's had is twenty K. And he has a full on he's a jewelry store. Very well off. Like it's not like he's trading for It just gave him more opportunities because when you have a business, the cash flow sometimes isn't good. You're making revenue, but like there's just comes and goes. This gave him another income stream and like he's a completely different person now, but I study people. That's what I do for a living. So someone's doing really good. I'm like asking questions. How did you go through losing money to making money at what point? Like everything, because I want to know how their journey is different than mine. So I can replicate it for other people. And so far, like I've realized it's not really about knowledge or anything. It's about mindset. Like when they do something, do they really believe in it? Do they stick to it? Or like, if something changes, do they change their decision? Like, so next week I'm doing a seminar on trading psychology. I'm bringing a a therapist. I'm actually Hmm. paying a therapist to come in. And I don't think anyone's ever done that, but I think that's where I wanna focus on. I wanna get in a therapist. This girl's 65, this lady, and I've been seeing her for therapy and I thought she's so good. And I'm like, do you do corporate therapy? She's like, yeah, I do. I'm like, this is what I'm doing. She's like, I don't know. I'm like, try it. So she's she's coming in and then I'm gonna see how she does. If she does good, that's maybe that's what I do. Like it's, instead of someone booking a one-on-one with me, I just pay her for the month and she just does free therapy for them and or a discount like something like that Like I told him like I don't want anything from you. I'm not the guy like I don't like Upselling or anything for me. I'm an educator not a sales guy or marketing So I want to provide education and then move on But if I think people can benefit from her they can reach out to her directly So that's sort of I'm coming up with something where she doesn't charge them crazy because you know how these therapists some of them 250 an hour I don't want people, yeah. so I got it right. down to $90 Canadian, which is not bad, which is like with $70 uh, US-ish, I'm going to see if she can go lower, um, but I, for me, I'll pay for any session she comes for me, I'll pay, you can join if you want, uh, I'll send you the link, but she's going to come, I think Thursday, 2 o'clock, 2
1: o'clock. Oh yeah, that would be dope, I think that would be dope, and like I said, I I, I, I love everything about you, bro, it's, it's just how you just... You know, really take care of your people and the way you do things and the way you run things. I have a quick random question and, and, and I, I don't know if, if what your thoughts are. I'm very curious. How do you feel like about people kind of like, you know, how people start working out and we say like, yeah, go work out, but I always say people tell people go work out with a workout partner because yes. like, therefore you can kind of really. You know, you can learn from each other, you can help each other, you can support each other, you can spot each other, you can learn from one another, you can bounce ideas off each other. But how do you feel about somebody that's trying to get into options trading, if they do so like with like a partner or accountability partner, somebody that can bring in alongside of that they can learn together, maybe even pair up, you know, with people in the discord that you have as well? What you thought about
0: that? So let's say I have 50 people in the discord, I can guarantee you within those 50, there's many groups they all have, and you have to let it happen organically because, okay, money's yeah. because money and ego. So you just throw all of them and make sure you, I do so many seminars that I force them to interact and then they start reaching out. So what ends up, the combination is never a great trader with a great, it's a great trader with a struggling trader. That's what the combination is, which is I love. Like they're calling each other at home, like all that shit's happening. Because when I do one-on-one, like, I'm like, you should I and I I'll give names. So I'm like, you should reach out to this person and they're like, oh, I'm already talking because I can tell that their personalities match. So it's perfect. That's what I don't think I am to do anything. If tomorrow, bro, I leave the group. It'll be fine because what I left, they themselves can support. I just promoted two people into admins. Now they are helping the group. It's going to be a paid gig for them, but a lot of them Tell me this like you have friends i have friends we have family i don't think most groups especially um like out there especially uh i'd say upper middle class middle class they don't really talk about money and it's something that it's not say it's not good like talk to, about money and a lot of jealousy is there when friends do good so when you go to these groups it's a space where everyone wants everyone to do good That's what I genuinely believe people want to elevate because look, if I get a smarter trader trader, I'll probably bring more ideas. So it's a selfish thing too. if everyone levels up, it just brings the level up because it's a common interest. You don't get that with friends or family. I slowly started to I went from having a lot of friends to no friends for a big phase. Now I'm going back into like making friends and stuff, but I'm very careful. You can get wives of people people want to use you. Like you have a big platform. I'm pretty sure you get people that are just friends and you can tell in a second, he wants to use me, that's why. He wants to use my platform, my fault. That's like I get a lot of people that are like, that's why I just like I'm very careful.
1: But yeah, I love yeah, that
0: yeah, them up, yeah.
1: That's yeah, no, that's I think that's I, like. I think that's a that thing that's beautiful. I think and even for me, I feel like that's what I best learn is if I one one by trial and error mistakes. I already know that. And then also, if I can have a partner as well to kind of just really, um, you know, really just work through and bounce ideas off of, because I have so many questions, so many, you know, you know, things. Um, and I think a lot of people can probably relate to that as well. You know, it's it's harder. To you know, work out by yourself versus if you, you know, if I have a partner in the beginning, I think it's a lot easier as well. You can build a friendship, you know, build those kind of, you know, that camaraderie. I think it's really big, especially today's where well. I think a lot of men especially want that camaraderie and want that brotherhood anyway.
0: Yeah, bro, I was talking to the therapist and she said that this generation of men, she's 65, started training at, uh, started therapy at 30, 35. She said most men now don't feel like they have friends that where they can have a meaningful conversation with. So most men have friends like drinking gym, but there's no, like, you can't really talk about it. And guys are different. Like girls, they'll like meet someone twice and they'll talk about their whole family situation, boyfriend. Usually that's what I've noticed. God, that's what she was telling me. She's like, that's kind of how most, and it's not most girls, it's about the culture right now. Especially, I'm Indian, so she's talking about Indian culture and she's most Indian and she said visible minority men, they struggle with forming a meaningful relationship with other guy. And so most of them just have like superficial relationships.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think it's sad, you know, I don't want I don't want men to live in quiet desperation, you know, I, I definitely want them to have meaningful relationships, because to me, that's where you can really experience life to the fullest. And to me, also, you can have a, a more concrete why as well. If you don't have meaningful yeah. relationships, then your why, to me, is not going to be as strong enough or as steadfast enough when, you know, opposition comes. Yeah. Man, I appreciate you, man. I think I think this is something that, you know, we definitely should do again. You know, I I want to gain more experience on on my end on the trading side so we can add more value when we have these conversations. Uh, So I'm looking forward to that. I want to take responsibility for that. But if there's any last, you know, uh, last piece of advice that you want people to really take away from, um, you know, please share.
0: Um, In terms of advice, I'll give you the advice that I took and that was probably something that changed my life and that was don't compare yourself with other people Um, and I see a lot of people tend to do that and it's not about trading but it applies, everything we talk about in life applies to trading and comparison could be you comparing your profits with other people. I've seen someone had an amazing day but then they look at how well someone else did on Twitter And they just, it just brings them down and they're like, I should have just held it longer. And comparison will always uh, lead you to misery because there's always someone doing better than you. And there's always someone doing worse than you. So I think might be a cliche, just don't compare and just focus on being grateful where you are. And I'll say that because that's my life mantra. Like I tell everyone, if you're not happy at the present... Um, no matter how much money you make or what other stuff, materialistic or not, you get, you won't be happier in the future, too. So that's the advice I'll leave you guys with.
1: Comparison is a thief of joy, uh, 100%. But where can they find you to say thank you, to reach out to you, to ask you any other questions, comments, concern? Where can they find you?
0: Um, so on Instagram, uh, my Insta handle is OTB Clubhouse, and on Twitter, it's OTB uh, Shark sharkmo.
1: Here we go. Roommates family, please y'all make sure y'all reach out to Mo. You know what I mean? I'm telling you, this man has a lot of wisdom. His story is amazing. And he really graced us and blessed us to be his presence. So I want y'all to reach out to him. Make sure y'all take advantage of him, ask him some questions. Where do we start? And I'm telling you, he's here to help. He wants to really educate and be able to give people the processes and the tool so they can take on, you know, themselves and really go thrive. Um, with his teachings and I'm a big supporter of his like I say I know we'll talk again so make sure y'all reach out and thank you so without further ado my name is Chris and I am joined by Mo and we are the roommates and we'll see you all next week adios